Jason, as it is every single week. Lisa. You say that like it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Lisa at Town Hall is brought to you, dear listeners, by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! They are fantastic people, and they come at you this week with another piece of information and tip. Facts. It's a decorating tip. I don't know if you know this one, Jason. This is, this is going to be new to you. Light colors, such as white, reflect solar energy away from the interior but diffuse light, creating glare and limited views. But dark colors absorb solar heat and light, allowing excellent outward views, but they do trap the heat inside. So it's like a light, dark, hot, cold, it's, it's the complex balance that we all have to achieve in our rooms man really this this is about finding your zen this is in your decorating this is like surprisingly deep for really talking about like you know window treatments or for us well honestly like you know is a hot dog a sandwich is pretty deep for us well (laughs) that that is true but you know who's got your back Budget blinds, man. Budget blinds of Lee Summit. Go see them right in the heart of downtown. Let them figure out your light, dark conundrum. Let them figure it out. And when you're there, tell them Jason and Nick say yeah. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who 30 years ago actually did invent the internet. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. I am Al Gore. You are so much more than Al Gore. Well, I just, actually, my voice inflection went up and down there, so no, I'm not. No, you're not. You didn't. I am Al Gore. All right. And Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. Our unofficial sponsor today is the rain. It's raining, but on the plus side, it means it's not snowing. So is it better than snow or nah? That's better than snow. It's better than snow. Now, we'll be complaining about Man, it in a couple of weeks. 50 degrees today. Yeah, I know. I know. So, I just want to note, the internet, so that, our, our, my little earlier reference is the internet was officially sort of launched 30 years ago. I am so old that I remember programming in HTML1. I actually remember that as well. I built the student newspaper's first website at Missouri Southern. Yeah, that's probably the one they still use. Yeah, unfortunately. Education funding being what it is. <laughs> well, before we get into the show, Jason, let's talk about a few things coming up. First off, the Board of Education Candidate Forum, sponsored by the Lee Summit Chamber, is set for tonight, 6.30, at the Missouri Innovation Campus. Go there, look at the candidates, look them in the eye, and see if they're giving you the straight stuff. We've got interviews coming. And we've got a little bit more we're going to talk about here, but you can get a chance to see them straight up and in person, and you should go do that and make sure they get the good questions and answer them. Another big thing, Jason, I know you're excited about this. The annual Blarney Brew-Off is set for March 23rd. Tickets available at grainsandtaps.com. You don't have to go get tickets, though. Because we already got them. I already got our tickets for us. It's true, and I'm super excited. I've been wanting to be able to go to this for years, and always something gets in the way. Whether it be pesky things like my children have activities, or I need to be somewhere for something else, or job, or I'm broke, or whatever it was. Or pay attention to your wife. I haven't been able to go, and this year, the the, the gates opened, and the schedule allowed me 
to go to the Blarney Brew Off, and I'm super, super hyped. So you should buy tickets this week because this is the last week they're on sale, and they may sell out before that. So get your tickets now so you can be there on the 23rd. One other note for everyone here. If you have kids in the Lee Summit School District, summer programming, the the catalogs will be available March 15th. This is for the summer programs for K through 7th grade students. So are you sending your son to summer school so that you have more free time this summer? Or uh, is he going to be home with you? I guess mom's home, so in the summertime. She's not teaching summer school this year, no. No. So she can can watch him and you can continue to, and I'm going to use the air quotes here, work all summer long? Right, right. Right. Yeah. Very important. Very, very important that you continue to work. <laughs> this isn't work. We make a show. <laughs> we it's make fun. a show. It's fun. It's anything else. While we are on the topic of the Lee Summit School District, we mentioned the candidate forum coming up tonight. Jason, it's time that we talk a little bit about the candidates. We've inter- we've introduced them to everyone. We've said their names, but I thought maybe we'd we'd take a second here. And talk a little bit about maybe some of the themes and the issues that have come up. We we put a questionnaire out to each of the candidates that will be posted today on Link to Lee Summit. So you can go you can go there and and, and see them, linktoleesummit.com, and get start to get a feel for for who the candidates are and, and, and what they're talking about and why they decided to run. And then we have we will be wrapping up our interviews which with each of the candidates. This week, so next week, look to Link to Lee Summit for for interviews with each of those candidates. We'll also post them as individual episodes on the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. All that will be available. Use every means that you can to get to know your candidates so that you head to the booth ready to make your choice. We will even allow you to go and go to other media sources and look for that information that may help supplement the fantastic job that we have done assembling written and verbal answers for you, the people. That's how magnanimous we are. We're going to let you do that, <laughs> Jason. I'm going to I'm going to start this off here. Let's let's go through who our candidates are. Here are our 2019 candidates for the two open seats on the board of education: Michael McMinnis, Michael Allen, Paul Dornan, Billy Wayne Birmingham Jr., Amy Turgan, Donald Olson. Judy Hedrick and Catherine Campbell. Those are the eight candidates. Jason, seven of those candidates have responded to our Q and A. The eighth has has opted not to, at least so far. What, Jason? As as you've looked through, you've you've I've given you the chance to look before everyone else. But as as you've looked through them, what are some 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 themes that you've seen pop up as far as issues and 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 topics that they're interested in want to talk about as they campaign? Well, the first thing is I want to thank you for making me feel so special and give me an early look at the answers. But um, you are it, special. It touches me right down here. So I think that there's so <clears throat> I don't really want to get into the the candidate specific answers tonight. Well, I think we're, we we're planning to get a little bit more in depth in that after we release the interviews and kind of really start to give some of our impressions on, on how the, how they handle the questions and, and what kind of issues and how people seem to be either in tune or maybe out of tune with what's going on. But, but there were some themes that ran through some of that. And, and I think one of the ones um, that they were, you know, we, we asked them one of the questions that was asked, or what are the, what are the biggest issues facing the uh, the R7 school district? And as we have talked about, um, you know, there's been a lot of commentary about transparency and and what um, what issues are going on sort of public facingly from the school board, equity, 
um, is out there as a big issue that that is being tackled either in a in a way that people think well, this is an issue that we need to address and some that you know perhaps don't really see that there's a great need to do a lot um, to to deal with the equity part of it but all of whom who mention you know talk about it all do understand that there is a gap in achievement or in outcomes that we're seeing um, and then there's some different you know people think about what that reason is but there's that's a that's a thread that runs through a lot of them in terms of a main issue that's out there I want to ask you about about one of those things that you just brought up uh, transparency and communication this is not something new Jason this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't a new thing between this talking about the school board and the current superintendent this stretches back several years and several elections I I think this is our third or fourth Board of Education election that we, you and I have done together, talked about together on this show, and that has been almost a standard issue of con- topic of contention whenever we talk to to candidates. Is what we're hearing is it is it is it the same as we've heard in previous years? I think there is there is a, I think a perception in general that people don't feel like. They understand the what's and whys of the school boards or the district making choices. Um, you know, we when we started two years ago running through this in the run up to the you know the 2017 uh, special election for the city and the and the charter amendments and all the things that were going through all you know all the things that we've seen over the last several years. There was a lot of conversation. I think what we wanted to bring was an understanding, a little bit more of a breakdown about like, why things are happening this way and what are the processes that kind of led us there, you know, where can, and then where in that process can you do that? The school district, by the nature of its work, is a little less transparent um, in terms of public meetings and some of that than, than the city council is. And so I think there's a, a consistent frustration when things are happening at the school board that people don't necessarily understand, it's not clear why or what the dynamics are. And so I think we have seen candidates come out and say, hey, we need to do a better job of being accessible so that we can explain the whys on a, you know, a one-to-one or a one-to-a-small-number-of-people level um, and that sort of thing. And that's another thing that you see through almost every candidate that has filed a response. They have that, that feel. I also think that, you know, that's a difficult job. This is a free, you know, there, there's no salary. So these people all have to have law, you know, they all have jobs outside of that unless they're retired. And they, you know, many of them have children that are actively in school. And they, you know, and no one runs for school board as their only thing they do, you know, in the community almost. So they're people with busy lives and it's a difficult thing to do. So I'll be interested to see, and this really pushes through, after the election, and I don't know that this differentiates the candidates in any way, but you know, are they going to actually be able to do that? Are they going to hold a town hall or a coffee or a online communication? Do Do you think that we have seen? I don't want to. I don't want to say how, is it better, but have we seen communication attempts differ and change after each of these past two or three elections that, that you and I have have kind of covered? and talked about or or does it seem like maybe it's still status quo and people are still trying to find that change and that best way to to create a more transparent and and 
I'm going to use the word, equitable back and forth between the school board, the school district, and its constituents? Um, you know, on from my end of things, and, and as a parent who has children actively in the school district that you are, you may be better even suited to, to speak to this, but the only time I remember getting any real insight into the machinations and there was the admittedly very disruptive process that preceded Dr. McGahee's ouster from the district. Um, and that took a lot of effort on, well, now Mayor Bill Baird to push that information out into the public. And, and it created a lot of stir and backlash and, and other things that went on, good, bad, or indifferent. It did. And so I think that there is a, a strong piece of inertia in the way the school board and the school district operates. And it's difficult for any one member to really change the direction of the ship. And so maybe it has changed some, and I would assume that it has. Certainly, Dr. Carpenter's hiring is a reaction in many ways to the, you know, the reign of Dr. McGahee. And so he may wanted to bring a different communication style to that. He certainly has been more um, accessible to us as a whole. And, you know, we've had forums with him we've done interviews well, and that's kind of why i think you. i'm a i'm a bad person to answer that question because i have i have an access that not most other parents don't get correct it's it's very it's it's much easier for me to call the school district and get someone to talk to right but and i and it's but it's also a very difficult thing for parents right because parents have the same issues that the school board members do they have lives they have children clearly in the district and all the things that go along with that and it's difficult for them to be there at every single step of the way so this is one of the the reasons that i think that the uh, the process like they did with the cfmp where they have a they have a community group of a fairly large you know a fairly large number of people from the community who are doing that sort of work can help diffuse that message of what happened and how it went and all that in a way that, you know, nine members of a school board or one superintendent or one public information officer um, at the district really has a hard time getting across. And so maybe that's where that needs to be is that that needs to, you know, there needs to be more of those kinds of of groups, but we'll see where that goes. But that it's something that is that all the candidates really have identified as an issue that needs to be addressed. And so it will be interesting to see that in the wake of the election, since they're all saying this, theoretically there should be some movement to get that actually done post April second. The other thing that I always find interesting, and 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 we we act ask a version of this question each time. The, the election rolls around, but I, I'm always curious to hear to hear the answers. And, and you listeners will get a chance to read a little bit about that in these these Q Q and As, and then you'll hear even more in the interviews that we've done with each of the candidates. But it's a question we like to put put to them about how they see defining the role of a school board member and its relationship with the superintendent. And it's it's interesting to watch that that dynamic and to hear to hear each candidate's take on how that role should be defined and what they how they expect to to see the school board as a body interact with the superintendent whether that's whether that's as a a check and balance to superintendent's missions and goals whether it's just asking more questions or and and how collaborative and back and forth that relationship can be right and that's something that we you know we've talked about in our interviews We've seen that out there, that that how that dynamic plays out. There was some concern. I think there's a thread of some of the candidates were concerned about how that dynamic is perceived 
um, by the sort of, well, by the media, to be honest, I think is where people are starting to feel that way. But I, everybody seems to want to be able to, you know, to, to have that relationship and we'll see how, how it adjusts, right? Every election has consequences in that way. And, and making sure that we are, um, you know, that we hold that responsibility, like, hey, this is the message that these candidates brought forth. Let's, you know, how is that going to impact what's coming forward? Well, I used to do a lot of uh, community town halls, Jason. So, so we did a lot of community SWATs. <laughs> so I like throwing this question out. We've, we've done this each time. But we, in addition to asking candidates about issues facing, we, we decided to ask them you know, about opportunities, too. Where, where are some opportunities they see that the district can grab hold? And, and as part of the school board, they can help the district succeed for these opportunities. Did you see any common threads there? Yeah, I did actually, and it was kind of all of them seemed to have the feel, and I think this is this is not an um, obvious one given the conversations that we've had um, on the podcast through the last you know six eight months, really a year. Um, is there's change coming, right? There's change happening in the district, whether it is a change you like or a change that you may not be as enthusiastic about, but it's coming. Um, and, and this is an opportunity for us to really, you know, make that change a good thing for the district going forward. And I think some are more, some have taken more of a, a focus on like closing the achievement gap and dealing with some of the issues that were identified, you know, that the equity plan, um, is supposed to address. Um, but others, you know, seem to think that like the the coming digital, you know, the digitization of all the things, the interneting or whatever, you know, whatever that stuff is. I see that how I you sounded... kept that on theme from the very beginning of the show. Yeah. And well, I mean, then and, you know, all the things that I sounded so incredibly dense about in our uh, in our interview that we done, but I don't think we published yet with the uh, with the folks from UCM, at least Summit. Um, self, self-promotion there. Self-promotion. That will air Friday, a conversation with University of Central Missouri, Lee Summit Campus. Yeah. Um, so, and, and just fair warning, spoiler alert, Jason sounded kind of dumb. Uh, but I mean, those, all those things that are happening, all those developments in learning and education and styles and classroom technique, all the things that are coming, there are people that really kind of focused on that very, uh, I'll call it technical aspect. And then there were some that were focused more on the, the human relations aspect of it as, as it goes through. And so that's a, you know, that's a way you can kind of read those candidates and see which one's fit best with what you seem to be thinking um, and, and how, we, how we manage that change going forward. Um, that's one that I saw that was kind of a common thread. And we'll let people, obviously, they've got to, you've got to read the, you've got to read all the responses. You need to listen to the podcasts, all the episodes that we'll be putting out with the interviews so that you have a chance to hear uh, what people are saying and, and how they're saying it and really what, if, which ones speak to you. That will wrap up our show for this week. We urge everyone, if you can, head out to the Candidate Forum tonight at the Missouri Innovation Campus. Take every opportunity you can to get to know the candidates, that you are an informed voter as you go into the booth. We will talk to everyone on Friday. Jason, the hits keep coming. The hits to my weight just keep coming. And it is all because of our totally awesome sponsor, Shred. You know, I got to say, you, uh, you, I can tell. 
you know, and I, as a guy, and sort of a traditional stereotype guy, uh, am not necessarily the most observant about the uh, the changes that go on around you. You know, like it might take a day or two before I notice that my wife maybe changed her hairstyle, or that my car has been painted an entirely different color, or something easy. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I know you were just you wanted my car to have the same color as yours, and it's very sweet. But to you. You know, this has been a longer process, and I know that we have been talking about your your adventures in lifestyle change and weight loss. But I've noticed that it, you have you look different. There's less of you there, and you you look better and healthier than you did when you started. And what else can we say than that? That's about it. There's only one other thing I'm going to say is look, gyms are intimidating. But they shouldn't be. What I've found is I've got to know the guys at Shred, specifically Ryan Waters, the owner. They're fun. They're fun to be around. They know a lot. They really know a lot. Look, they're not all meatheads, believe it or not. No, although I have to say, when you said the hits keep coming, I had an image in my head of Ryan punching you repeatedly. Well, he might do that if I stop doing the work. And that's the thing. That's why I do talk about it every week when we talk about our sponsors is this is my way of staying honest. There you go. So go see the guys at Shred, shredkc.com. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you.